you. You look so much healthier today, bro. I feel I feel much better than I did the last time we talked, man. That's last amazing. time, last time we talked was a fucking rough day, rough it was, morning. It was a rough day for you, rough devil's night morning. But let me tell you, man, I got a lot of positive feedback from that podcast. Everyone was like, "That was fucking really funny and really cool. That was awesome." Good, man. Yeah, and hopefully, was- hopefully they went out and listened to Master of Reality. And I hope uh, they did. Hopefully that uh, that 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 vibe continued for them, and they were like, "Man, I'm I, I I'm enjoying myself so much. I got to go and listen to the fucking record these guys are talking about. That's got to be something." That's why we do this, man. You're absolutely right. Speaking of bands that we should be listening to, you you gifted me with this podcast guest and this band today that I just oh, yes. checked out today before this, and bro. Yeah. Like, Whoa. It was way better, like way more than I was expecting. It was this is some awesome. some nasty fucking groovy. Yeah. Like bottom dwelling, slimy ass, dark, dark death metal, man. Yeah. Very influenced by Finnish death metal, the classic shit. Today, yes. brother, we are gonna be interviewing a gentleman by the name of Vincent Tweeten from a band called Phobophilic. And he, and like a fucking awesome guest, was already waiting in the waiting room. So that chilling outside, he's chilling. ready to go, he's ready to rock. Oh, chilling man. in a cave somewhere by the sounds of his music is what it he's, sounds well, like. Well, that's the thing. Like, he, there he is. Wow. There he is right there. Can you What's hear us? Up? What's going can, on? Yeah. What's going on, dog? Hey. We were just, uh, we were talking about how by the sound of the, of the new Phobophilic record, we were expecting to perhaps <clears throat> see you in a cave. Or in oh, an area yeah. <laughs> where there is like standing slime or something like that, but that's not the case. Look at you. Um, you know, there's some slime, but you just can't see it off we camera. We can't see the slime. The slime yeah. is there, baby. How are you, man? How are you? Good. Yeah. Happy to happy to be here. How are you guys? I am doing fine, man. Yeah. So am I. We are doing great, bro. We're happy to see you, man. Excellent. Oh yeah, happy to see y'all. This is great, dude. So. Before we get too far into it, how are you doing? How are things? How's life? Good. Yeah, just uh, just busy. I just uh, we're kind of getting ready for this tour with Two Hundred Stablins and Undeath. Super psyched about it, and yeah. it's just like you know trying to figure out the last minute stuff, and it's 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 exciting, but it's kind of scary. We've never really been out on the road that long before, yeah, so yeah. it'll be a good test for us to see. We can what, do it. <laughs> what are your so what are your like emergency what are your necessities on the road like what are you sitting down right now thinking to yourself this is the shit that i've got to have you know um pedialyte okay that's a great one it makes sense yeah. you know we're at we're at bars and shit like every yeah. night pedialyte is a goddamn lifesaver um Stay other up. than that i just I like a good book, you know. I'm I'm trying to figure out which book I should bring. Okay. Um, I'm I'm trying to finish the book that I'm currently on so that my mind will reset for another book. It's hard to, you know, I I do that thing too much where I am like partway through a book and then I I start a new one and it's just oh man too yeah much, that's you know uh, yeah oh yes I do I am aware of uh <laughs> of the, the the too muchness of trying to read multiple books at one time. Yes yes yes. Yep. So. So Pedialyte in a book, you are yep. like an ideal travel companion. <laughs> I, I, that's right. Oh, yeah. So wh- how long are you guys going to be out? 
how long is the tour? Tell it for, tell it. Let's get to the tour first, man. Cause I feel like that's, uh, that's, yeah. that's super pressing. That's coming up. She coming. It's, uh, yeah, I think the first date is November 11th. Ooh. So we've got like a hometown kickoff show, uh, November 8th. And then we drive cause, uh, we're in Fargo, North Dakota. So we need to drive out to Massachusetts and that's where the first date is. I think it's Cambridge. I'm remembering right. But yeah, it's, it's, like, it's it's in uh, Cambridge, I think. Okay, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah, yeah. gotcha. Something like it's that. Not, I mean, it it looking at the dates, it looks like you guys are hitting a lot of good spots. Um, obviously, you're going to be on the road with two bands who fucking get a hell of a draw anywhere they go at this point. It's been really, really yeah, cool right. over the last few years to watch both those bands, Undeath and 200 Stab Wounds, just kind of come out of nowhere and become, I mean, you know, as, as, as big and as popular and I think as like sort of cross genre culturally relevant as things tend to get in death metal. It's yeah, really totally. impressive. I've enjoyed it. And I yeah, say all that to job. say, say all that to say, um, you're in a band called Phobophilic and I've been a fan of you guys since 2019. You put out a rehearsal tape back in 2019. Oh. I got a copy of and I thought to myself, man, this is really cool shit. Like it's, you know, obviously it was a rehearsal tapes. So it was super raw. You had some early versions of songs that ended up on a demo later. Um, what I am hoping is that the combination of the record that you just put out on Prosthetic Records, a record called Enveloping Absurdity and this tour fucking catapult Phobophilic to where you guys deserve to be, man. Um, Yo, we're going to blow some smoke up your ass this, this Shit. hour. We're going to, we're going to say, we're going to, we're going to butter you up. Good, my friend. But see, because in all sincerity, man, like it does feel good to have sort of watched the band grow, um, to, I know that you guys have been waiting to get this record out for a long fucking time. Um, and so to see it come out, to see it be, you know, as far as I can tell, like universally embraced, man, I don't think I've even seen like a tepid review. Everybody seems to really, really, really enjoy the record. Um, I am hoping that this is going to get enough eyes on you guys and uh, get, you know, get like a permanent group of people who are supporting this band, even bigger than the base that you guys already have, because this is a really good record. And I do think that you guys are bringing some really interesting influences into uh, modern death metal. Definitely going to talk about that here in a little bit. Um, let's oh, go yeah. back to the beginning first, man. Tell us the history of the band. Tell us about yourself. Like, tell us, start, let's start early. I want to know what got you into For music. For sure, okay. I want to know what got you into just music period and then into the heavy stuff. Definitely. But hey, first off, like, hey, thank you so much for supporting us from the get-go. I'm glad you... Thank you, you man. suffered through the rehearsal tape with the Megadeth cover. That no, was, dude, that uh, shit ripped. Suffered fun. through it. <laughs> no, dude. No, we had a lot of fun making that. But Good. Yeah, Good. dude, sick. Um, okay, uh, let's see. Breaking it down here. I, uh, I kind of just got into music because my family is very musical. Like my dad uh, is a pipe organist. All of the tweets oh, can play like something. You know, we all yeah. kind of were forced to play piano at a young age and I didn't appreciate it as much as I should have like the piano is a fantastic instrument that you can do so much with it but uh you know I just I wanted to rock I just <laughs> was like this is lame so I tried to play guitar I fucking sucked at it like I could not play a guitar to save my life like ask my bandmates sometimes they let me pluck on their guitar and it's like it's not a pretty sight but um <laughs> Drums just, for whatever reason, kind of clicked. I just, I've always 
I, I got a drum kit when I was like very young and I just like never really stopped. I just kept banging on it and bless my parents' hearts for putting up with that from such a young age. And for real, let right? Me That's be in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I was not always like decent at it. Most of the time it was like unintelligible crap that I was just smacking. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so you um, had super musical family. What was some of the music that you were listening? So like, you know, you've got your dad, the pipe organist, uh, seems like everybody else in your family is sort of musically inclined. Um, so the talent is there, obviously. What, uh, what were you soaking up at the beginning? What was some of the stuff you listened to when you were a kid? Yeah. I mean, my, my dad, like, he is like a classical music only guy, which, uh-huh. uh, I appreciate now way more than I did back then. Of course, you know, in the past, I was like, no drums. This is lame. This sucks. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's really cool, really impressive stuff. But uh, yeah, my mom was always into really more um, kind of like hard rock and like folk music, country music, like stuff like that. So I kind of grew up with some of those things. And then my my older brother got me into more of like, like rock and punk music and like the early like softer like metal stuff and then from there i just kind of like catapulted like oh that's so cool i love this like extreme stuff like does it get more extreme and then you know you just you keep deep diving until you just find really fucking crazy stuff and it's great yeah yeah i mean like it's sorry zach did i step on you yeah no not at all bro (laughs) I was, just, say, I was like, just agreeing with this fine gentleman that it, it's great. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, yes, yes, stuff. it is. Like getting so, especially the early stuff, you know, when you're a kid and you're discovering these things and you've got like this sort of purity about the way you see the world anyway. You know, the first record that you hear that's really in certain style like sticks with you. It's yours, you know, and and For you can sure. do that with a number of different genres. I'm I'm curious about your entry into death metal, and I'm curious about sort of the big names for you towards the beginning. I I know one of them, um, for oh. sure. Uh, but I want to hear I want to hear you talk about them. Yeah, I mean, I guess where death metal comes into the picture is, um, I when I started getting like more proficient at drums, I I started going to the local shows, local scene, getting involved. And I wanted to join a band so bad. And I just like, just kept trying to get better at drums so that I would have something to bring to the table. And um, luckily enough, there were some people that gave me a shot. So Josh and Christian in this band, I've actually been playing with those guys for like, I don't know, maybe like 12, 13 years now. We wow. we seem to always like, whenever one of us joins or like starts a project or joins a band, you know, we are just the other ones who fill in the pieces like, Hey, I want to make a punk band. Cool. All of us will just join it. So <laughs> we've kind of had like a few, a few eras of us all playing together where, um, you know, we start out with like a, a straight edge, like hardcore band as one does in high school. And, um, it started getting more metal leaning. And I remember like really specifically the first time Christian was like playing this bass line at, um, at a practice, like before we were getting ready. And I was just like, what is that? That sounds so cool. And this was like, like early high school. So I must've been like a, uh, like a, maybe like a sophomore or something anyway. And, um, it ended up being, it's the like opening bass riff in a death song off of 
uh, Sound of Perseverance. I'm forgetting what song it is. Maybe it's Spirit Crusher, but it just has this like really sick just opening. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. the one. <laughs> Spirit Crusher. Yeah, that was, that was yeah, great, dude. Just, <laughs> well done. Yeah, that was sick. <laughs> but I just remember him playing that and me being like, what is that? Like, send me it. I want to listen to it. And then from there, it just it kind of clicked. That was like, the first big one for sure. Other mm-hmm. than that, I mean, you know, I kind of worked backwards. Like I, I started listening to the newest death albums and then I like worked backwards and kind of came to appreciate the old and mm-hmm. listened to the other, you know, like kind of pioneering uh, death metal bands and a lot of them clicked, some didn't. And I just like, I don't know. I've always loved that kind of more like proggy weirdness that mm-hmm. is in some of the later stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the the I I was the same way. Um, Sound of Perseverance was the my first death record, and it was their most at, at the time. Chuck Schuldiner was still alive, the band was still active, and that was their most recent record. Um, cool. And like it was too much for me, man. That when I the first yeah. time I I bought it, uh, I think I'm pretty sure I bought it because of the label. I think it was like Century Media, um, mm-hmm. and I I um, got it home, and I was just like there's a lot of shit going on here. Like this is maybe (laughs) my big thing was trying to like get into that opening track on scavenger of human sorrow. I was just like, what is happening with the drums? What's going on with the drums? Yeah. Crazy, crazy shit. He had some that. Yeah. Richard like had some really crazy big shoes to fill. So I can understand why he was trying to be like, I'm going to bust out some crazy (laughs) shit. (laughs) I'm going to do the most. Like I was just about to say that dude. My wife, my wife says that and it's, it's crept its way into my vocabulary recently. (laughs) Richard Christie (laughs) on sound of perseverance doing the fucking most. Absolutely. I, I, now I also, so I started with sound of perseverance. It was too much like you. I worked my way back with a lot of stuff and sort of, especially earlier on, I really found my home in in kind of the older sort of grimy or nastier shit. And I was also listening to a whole lot of Melodeth and that kind of thing at the time too. Um, where else? So like, where else do you draw influence from in the early days? Like you're talking about death for one, getting you sort of into death metal, what were some other things that you that you were interested in that you kind of wanted to, as a musician, start to incorporate? Um, yeah, not not necessarily like any uh, in particular groups or drummers, but I've just like I really love like the jazz approach to music and just like drumming in particular. Like I all my favorite like metal drummers, you know, are even like very jazz influenced. Like you have like Sean Reinhardt in the Cynic and that human record that his mm-hmm. drumming is like my all time favorite. Like I love that guy, rest in peace. But um, stuff like that is just like super cool to me. I wanted to find a way to make metal drumming feel more like fluid. And I, I think like a lot of our earlier stuff, I didn't really know how to do it. I feel like maybe on this album, I'm, I feel like I've gotten closer and I, I'm just excited to keep pushing that and see what kind of other craziness we can do on the next record and yeah. see how weird I can get the drums, you know? There's, there, there's definitely been an evolution of the, of the phobophilic sound, right? The, the EP or the, I'm sorry, the, the rehearsal tape and then the demo and then let's see, where is it? I had it nearby. He has everything in there. <laughs> it looks like it. Hell yeah. <laughs> Matrix. Where in the fuck did I put my shit? This anyway, um, bottom of creation. 
Yeah, yeah. The uh, came out on a split with Sedimentum, right? And yeah. like that, I when oh, I when I heard that, I was like, all right, they're going there. Th this is like the gateway. This is going to be the one that's going to end up like getting eyes on, hopefully getting the label on them, uh, getting something coming out. Um, that was sort of when all, like I said, I loved the earlier shit too, but like that song, I really felt like it clicked. I really felt like there was an identity there. And I really felt like you guys right. were sort of angling towards where it was that you ended up going on enveloping absurdity. Um, tell us a little bit about sort of the writing process for the new record. Like how did this whole thing come together? How long have you guys been sitting on it? Tons of questions. Yeah, yeah for sure. And what's kind of fun too about the split um with sedimentum into the record is the song that we did on the split it was it was written at about the same time there you go the box hell yeah sick yeah, I had to find it was it. written at about like the same time as we wrote like a partner song to it which is the first track on the the record so mm -hmm. we wrote those songs you know they're both kind of like longer form like seven-ish minutes and they were meant to go together. And originally um, I had the lyrics, like they were like themed together too. And we ended up reworking it and not using it that way. But yeah, they, they kind of sound similar, which is kind of like a fun little trivia tidbit. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, as far as like writing the record went, you know, we, we started it like a little before uh the whole covid thing came down and we were we weren't really like working too hard on it we were kind of like oh let's get out and tour like see what we could do with like you know on tour on the ep and the split song and like get out play those around and we were setting some stuff up and then it kind of fell through and we were like well it looks like things aren't gonna be normal anytime soon like we might as well like just flesh out the record and just like keep working on it. So we kind of just worked on it remote. Like we all live very, very close together. Like me, Josh, Christian, and Aaron all live in like a, a two block radius. Oh shit. So getting together is like, yeah, we're, we're pretty spoiled. Like getting together is quite easy. Um, but we still kind of did it remote. Like Josh would write a song, send it to me. I'd hop on the electric kit. That's another big thing. Like as soon as the pandemic started, I was like, I'm going to buy a nice electric kit because yeah. I know I'm just going to be at home a lot. I might as well like really get into it. So did that. And yeah, we just kind of, we would go back and forth and kind of piece things together collaboratively. Um, yeah. We like trying to work in that way where it's like, if one of us has an idea, we all kind of have equal voice. And a lot of my like favorite things to play aren't like the first idea or wasn't even like my idea, you know, like maybe yeah. it was something that Christian was like, oh, you know, that's not quite working for that part. What if you tried something like this and then try it and it clicks and that's just all that matters. I love kind of writing in that sort of fashion. So that's kind Having, of how we, sir. yeah. Yeah, for sure. H having worked together with those guys as long as you have, um, is there like sort of an unspoken vibe at this point? Like, can you guys sort of anticipate what the person that you're sending it to is going to think about it? Like, uh, are you guys like all sort of moving with one brain? Honestly, sometimes it feels that way. Like we're pretty in sync. I, I'm never really like, 
I don't know. I feel like we've gotten pretty good about giving each other like constructive criticism because we know that we're all like in this together and just trying to make the product like as strong as we can. Hell yeah. And uh, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, we try and just put ego aside and just write, write the best thing we can. And we hope to just keep getting better and better. And yeah. And I, I mean, I've, I feel like you have. Maybe it's just me. Sick. But like, so going into going into enveloping absurdity. Um, yeah. Tell us about. So we know about the songwriting process. Things kind of came together over the pandemic. Um, what were some of the things that you guys had in mind going into it regarding like production values? Like, did was there a record that you said this we want to do something like this, or was there, you know, was it more of a mixture? Or did you guys kind of wing it, play it by ear? Like, how was the recording of the record? Yeah, honestly, um, another situation where I feel like we've been a bit spoiled, we've done, uh, when we set out to do the EP, we contacted Adam Tucker at Signature Tone, and he's a fella in Minneapolis. So it's like three and a half hours from us, so not like a terrible drive. And he was like, you know, top of our list. We've heard other records he's like put out, stuff that he's worked on, like he's worked with the bands like Sunless, who we really love and is a fantastic Minneapolis band Mm -hmm. and a bunch of others that I'm kind of blanking on at the moment. But um, yeah, we just, we knew we wanted to do that with him. And then when we got that back, we were like, oh, this is awesome. Like, let's just keep working with him. So we worked with him on the split. And then when the album came around, we were honing in on our sound even more. And I feel like he like really understood what we wanted it to be too. Like we really wanted all the instruments to like stand out on their own, but um, still like mesh well together. Like we really wanted like a live sound. We didn't want it to sound like overproduced, you know, Um, which is, you know, that's just like the death metal thing anyways, is just (laughs) to sound organic. And I just, I love that shit. I really hate when drums don't sound like drums and when stuff is like, you know, like fixed or whatever. So we just, yeah, he just, he just executed perfectly, knew what we were going for. We just went in, just did our darndest. And, and now we got it. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing like some major Finnish death metal influences on here. Man. Oh, for sure. Uh, tell us, t- tell me about that. Like, are you guys? Yeah, I mean, the obvious ones, like we really love like Demigod, Demilic, mm-hmm. lick, you know, all the Demis, all the Licks all the licks killer i did yeah like i don't know they just really tapped into something special and i you know just they they were trying so hard to set themselves apart from like swedish death metal and they did that they definitely cultivated their own sound we're definitely not trying to just like be like a thin band oh of course we love that we love that like um that style and Mm -hmm. want to yeah kind of do our own thing with it but yeah at the same time we're we're not we're definitely not doing something that like hasn't really been done you know just trying to put our own spin yeah well i and that that's kind of what i'm kind of what i'm getting at like you you guys have definitely like you wear your influences on your sleeve it's very very clear you know sort of from listening to the yeah. record what you guys are fans of but at the same time i do feel like there is a listenability to the record 
that you don't often get with a lot of some of the older kind of underproduced. And we love it for that, for those values. Right. But like, right. Like the old finished stuff, it's, you know, it's 2022 or it was 2020 when you recorded the record. You know what I mean? Like it's cool to sort of keep with tradition and it's cool to definitely look at some of those old records as signposts and be like, yeah, you know, these are things that we want to kind of do. But I do feel like you guys have very much made like a modern sort of the kind of, the kind of record that's got a bunch of the weird fucked up shit that a demolic record has like like a lot of the (laughs) one of my favorite things about the 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 new record is like when it's just like this chuggy ass like dissonant riff right and then here comes some boogie woogie shit just out of nowhere that's like booty shaking music man like and i I feel like i feel like that combination of things like is unique and i i do feel like you guys are bringing something different to this right and I, i i like that's important you know hell yeah sick thank you and yeah like we you know it's it's heavy music but we want to still see how much melody we can get away with and see how much like groove and just yeah stuff that's like fun to play too yeah. you know i'm and like dynamic like i don't want to just sit back there and like blast all day and i and i can't like <laughs> it would kill me but so I like being able to mix it up and like play other stuff and yeah, just trying to make in the crock pot filled with a few different things, you know? Yeah. And s- some of the things in the crock pot are fun, like boogie woogie finished death metal shit. Some yeah. of the, some of the shit in the crock pot is a little bit difficult to, uh, to broach with the mind. Let's move into the lyrical we'll get content. It. If I am not mis- if I am not mistaken, you are you're the lyricist for Phobophilic, correct? I, yeah, so on on this album in particular, but uh, Aaron and I kind of share that responsibility. So gotcha. We kind of trade off. Um, most of the EP was him. I only mm-hmm. did one of the songs on the EP, but yeah, this is kind of like my lyrical album, if you will. Yeah. So uh, you, you posted, let's see, it was a tweet from a while back. And I, as I was looking for it earlier, I was trying, I was like, fuck, why, how, why did I not keep this? Why did I not screenshot it? But you, you post, you said something along the lines of if you, this was like, I think on the day the record came out, something along the lines of if you like this or if you're curious about it or something like that, here are a few books that you, that you should check out. Do you remember that tweet? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. What were those books? So, um, God, I had them here a bit ago, but, um, yeah, I think in particular, the books are, uh, The Stranger by Albert Camus, Mm -hmm. The Myth, The Myth of Sisyphus by Albert Camus, Nausea by Jean-Paul Sartre, um, The, I think, Ethics of Ambiguity by Simone de Beauvoir. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, just a lot of, you know, juicy French existentialism. And there's a few other kind of, you know, there's like some Nietzsche and there's um, a few other ones. I'm forgetting the name of it. There's like a really nice like Zen one. Most of my books are like packed away. Otherwise I'd grab them right now. But no, I get, I get yeah. it. I get it. Um, let's start with Camus. Uh, well, I mean, let's start with your history with continental philosophy anyway. Like, is this, is, is this Great, something that yeah. you're just like sort of drawn to that you're interested in or were you, are you like me and it was forced upon you at one point for one reason <laughs> or another, and you ended up sort of getting interested in it? Like, what's your history with this stuff? Cause this is, you know, this is some heady, difficult shit going on here, man. Yeah. And I, um, I'm not gonna, 
pretend like I understand all of it. It's oh, very sure. interesting to me, Look, especially like, yeah, right. <laughs> especially like the Sartre stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. reading Sartre takes me a very long time. And most of the time I'm just like, dude, what are, what are you saying? Why do you have to word it like this? Why are you such a dick? Like, Why are you like fucking this, spit it out? <laughs> But that's why I really like Camus in particular, because I feel like he's just much more approachable sure. and just he just seemed like a chill guy. Mm -hmm. I love a thoughtful, chill guy. But um, yeah, I, I've just uh, I guess it kind of comes with the my falling from grace in terms of religion. I just uh. I was looking for. um What's the word? I guess I was just looking for more purpose and like meaning of life stuff elsewhere. And mm -hmm. um, I didn't have really a whole lot of that for a while. And then when I, I did like a little bit of college where I was doing some philosophy class and I really just like clicked with a few of them and just like remembered them. And then I just like read a bunch of their books. And those are like, like the existentialists in particular. Like I just really resonated that with them especially Camus and I just really like that whole like idea that whatever is like still pushing you on you've you've already like found a meaning to your life like you're you're already probably doing it you know right and it just yeah really stuck with me and made me feel like oh you know it's okay to be like actually there isn't like an innate purpose and that can be very like freeing because sure. you just your shed of any like responsibility that maybe your life is lined out for you. You know, you can yeah. just, you can just go forward and do, do whatever you want to do that brings you uh, just joy and purpose or whatever. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's just good shit. For sure. Yeah. So tell what, what, um, obviously the record is called enveloping absurdity. Um, and then you've got Albert Camus with this this very specific sort of concept of the absurd. Um, I, you know, you, I know you mentioned the myth of Sisyphus. Myth of Sisyphus. So, like, can you can you for the people listening right now, can you just sort of kind of lay that out real quick? Because it might uh, we might be the only ones in on this conversation. You and I might be the only people cursed <laughs> with this knowledge so far. So let's get everybody else up to speed. Uh, I'd love to inflict it upon them too. Then. <laughs> Hey, um, you might help somebody. Who knows? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, truly, that's like what it's all about. Um, sure. But yeah, the absurdity, um, as I understand it, it's kind of like the, the disconnect between what you want the world to be and what it is. It's kind of like a realization that like, oh, you know, actually, like shit is pretty fucked up and it's pretty weird. And it was really never meant to make sense, you know? Uh, making sense of it is a, that's just like the human burden we yeah. just we have to have that but like the rest of nature doesn't need to doesn't need to know why the sun sets you know they don't care they're just they're just doing what they are like programmed to do and it's yeah. us that are like oh but but why <laughs> so yeah that's uh and some deep shit bro yeah well i mean yeah it is though because we i i feel like this is specifically like 
a record that a lot of people, if they dive into it lyrically, are probably going to find something that resonates with them because, like, yeah. ha has there ever been a better embodied? Well, and that's not fair to say. Obviously, I haven't fucking been around for the majority of recorded history, but I do feel like I do feel like we're in a position right now, especially sort of in America, and and granted, the entire world has sort of been at this stage for a long time, and we were just kind of waking up to what it is to be fucked, you know, uh, or at yeah, least right. at least explicitly anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do feel like it's very, very easy to look at the world right now and, and be bogged down by the fact that like what you do, yeah. who you are, the work that you put in, the effort that you put in, the passion that you feel isn't enough. It doesn't yeah. matter on the grand level, right? you're not going to reverse global warming. You're not going to fucking right. do all these amazing things that we are sort of, again, like you said, programmed, like from a cultural perspective, from a socio-cultural perspective, there are expectations put on us. You know, when we're children, you're going to grow up and you're going to do this. Um, right. So much of our identity is caught up in like making a mark on the things around us, right? And obviously we want to do that. We want to leave something of ourselves behind. But at the same time, if you're continuously pushing this fucking rock up the hill every single day and every single day it rolls back down on you like the uh, idea yeah. is that how do you get okay with that right um right I, I feel like a lot of i feel like and that you know that being the trick like you know being okay with pushing the fucking rock up and down the hill is how you get past it you're going to be doing it either way right right yeah um, totally so like I, I feel like that definitely speaks to a lot of the feelings of, of powerlessness and confusion and just sort of like general bewilderment at the American experience at this point. Right. Um, obviously, oh, yeah. obviously these are all ideas that appeal to you and this is material that you've been working with for a while, but did you see any sort of like uh, pandemic America, post pandemic, pre pandemic, during pandemic America sort of resonating in these themes that you were incorporating into the record? Yeah, I mean, I think so for sure. And like, especially with that, uh, you mentioned the like pushing the rock. I think that's like a, that's a scary um, allegory, especially for Americans, because sure. it's hard for us to understand something that doesn't have like a destination. I feel yeah. like oftentimes, like, it's just like such an American theme in like movies and books and just art in general is like, there needs to be a payoff. There needs yeah. to be like, there needs to be like a peak, like an a end goal. where yeah. it, it stops. Yeah. But like what you miss out on when you only look for the destination is just like that the journey can be enjoyable and it doesn't need to be just about like where you get, I don't know. I think that, yeah, that's like, Camo's whole thing with that is just like, you know, you have to imagine that Sisyphus is like, you have to imagine him happy or whatever. Cause he still got to be like, fuck you to the gods. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, now he's like, he's cursed to just push the rock up the hill, but like, you know, he's, he's, he's learned to enjoy it. I'm sure, you know? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that's, we have to imagine that he has, right. Right. Like, like the most productive yeah. thing that you can do is say to yourself, like, there is a possibility for me to find some sort of sustenance in just like the day to day yeah. of my life. And I do feel like that's a particularly relevant message for the world right now. I mean, we're talking about America and there's definitely a lot of shit that we are fucking waking up to 
uh, and a lot of questions and a lot of concerns that we've got to address. Um, but on a worldwide scale, man, like it just it really does feel like everybody's chasing their tails at this point. I mean, it feels like regardless of how much, you know, plastic I put into the fucking bin, like somebody is going to end up hopping on a plane in California and taking a 15 minute flight somewhere to get like a really fine dessert from San Francisco or something. And it oh, just, yeah. And it, it, it wipes out any good that I could possibly do in that register for the remainder of my yeah. fucking life. You know what I mean? So yeah, like trying- huge corporations just dumping into the ocean and like celebrities. Yeah, like you said, yeah. who, some of them singing about nature who will hop on their private jet any chance they yeah. get. And <laughs> it's just fucking it's insane to me. It's just so silly. It, it, well, it is. It's 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 yeah. difficult to comprehend, especially for those of us who just will never and could never imagine enjoying a lifestyle right. like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I do think is is particularly fitting is that the ideas that you're coming with. Right. Sort of the the, the grist of the lyrical mill in this particular instance uh, is angled towards everybody. Right. I, I feel like the ideas that you guys are, you know, specifically with the absurd is, is like this is a gift that you can give somebody else. This is being able to sort of think this way or to know that other people think this way, sort of see themselves that way uh, can be can be a unifying thing. Right. It can be for everybody. And I do feel like that sort of almost working class mentality in a way uh, or maybe not oh, yeah. working class mentality, but like. I don't know. I, I, I can't find the right word right now. But what I'm trying to get yeah. at is that, like, I feel like that ideology fits very well with death metal, like specifically because of who death metal appeals to, specifically because of a lot of the messages behind death metal in general, sort of the idea that, like, you know, well, you t- you talk about that. Like, do you think that do you think that death metal is like a natural medium for this kind of message? I do. Yeah. Like, I mean, earlier our like earlier stuff was delving in like you know kind of the cosmic horror lovecraftian stuff and and that's which rules yeah that's just awesome yeah 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 and there's like you know there's no there's no shortage of it and i um uh and i love it it's cool but um i kind of wanted to put out some of my like real thoughts and feelings about stuff and just see if it like resonated and uh you know, I wanted to kind of like some of the songs are like asking questions. I didn't really want to like tell people what to believe, sure. like believe what I believe, but like yeah. I wanted to be like, hey, there's other there's other options, you know? Like yes. you can you can look at like how horrible the church is and realize that there is purpose elsewhere and that you know, you can get all these things that you're getting. You can get community, you can get like purpose, you can get just like uh, that feeling of unity without like maybe some of the hypocrisy and like the fucked up stuff. And, and I think in particular, like, yeah, death metal is a great, it's a great like mm, capsule to put those ideas into, because I think a lot of the people who do listen to death metal, you know, they're not, they don't really like shy away from the darker stuff. So I wanted to kind of touch on dark themes, but also I hope there's like a little sprinkle of like hope and light in it because that's what I wanted to do. You know, I want people to talk to me about what they think about the lyrics and I want people to be like, if they felt how I felt, you know, they can, we can talk about it and I'll like listen to them and chat with them about it because 
that's all we have as just the little people is just each other. And yeah, there's, there's, you just can't understate how important it is to just be there for each other, you know? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're coming off of, or we're, we're in the middle of seeing what not being able to do that or not caring enough to do that sort of looks like, right? Um, yeah. Just complete division, uh, like withering emotions, withering relations, like all of these things are just really, it's a rough time to be alive right now. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. really cool. It's really cool to hear, you know, that like that is sort of the message that you've got, at least with this record, right? Um, that there is togetherness yeah. here. And like, just like getting okay with the absurd is sort of the trick. I feel like looking into that darkness, being okay with that darkness is how you end up bearing it, you know, and, and yeah, asking, I think some it's of these, yeah, asking some of these questions and dwelling in that space, I think is super important. And so like to be somebody who is inviting, uh, you know, listeners of the band, other folks to, to come into that and have that conversation, I feel like is, is a really cool, like sort of breath of fresh air. Um, very much in the spirit of bands like Cynic, right. Um, that are oh, yeah. sort of taking this really, complex and foreboding thing right like death metal from the outside is definitely not like welcoming or at least in a lot of cases that doesn't appear to be sort of what's going yeah. on right um but i do feel like bands like cynic and now bands like phobophilic sort of reaching across that threshold and being like come you know it's prickly on the outside but come try it on the inside and just see what we're nice <laughs> we're not we're nice guys yeah. we're not that bad nice yeah, it's, I, yeah i like that like and that's that's just one of the things i think that like you know when you love a record, I don't think that you just love that record. I, I think that you love sort of the context of your life around that record and sort of where that record fits, right? Yeah, and totally. There's something about, you know, specifically the new Phobophilic record, Enveloping Absurdity. I, I, I feel like it came at a time when it, it had a lot of stuff to say that I really sort of needed to hear. Um, and I do feel like there's definitely a lot of potential for other people to, to be asking those questions and to want to feel that same way. And, and like, hopefully if you're listening right now, the first thing that yeah. you're going to do when you get done with this is go listen to the fucking record. Um, what, tell me, tell us about the title. Why, what, what does enveloping absurdity mean? Yeah. But also, man, all of that was very cool to hear. Thank you for telling me that. Um, oh, thank you. Fuck yeah. Uh, yeah. The enveloping absurdity is kind of about, um, Really, I mean, what we were talking about before, just recognizing like that this definition of the absurd, that it's like all around you, it's everything, sure. you know, like there's, um, so it kind of, it can be kind of crushing and it, it can feel very overwhelming and like mm -hmm. it's enveloping you, if you will. Yeah, gotcha. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's, that's how I got there. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 just a cool sounding title, man. Like I, I feel like it is once right. again, you know, it's sort of generating that intrigue. This is just a it's a this is a cool conversation, man. We're going into some heady spots. We're going yeah, into some dark it. spots. Um, it's time to get back to fucking dragon knuckles, man. Um, dragon knuckles. I am I am looking at your shirt right now, and it says the thing on it. Mm. Vincent Tweeten of Phobophilic. Are you a horror fan? Uh oh, uh oh, me. I didn't even know. I thought this was a band. This old no, I'm just kidding. thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. The thing, the thing's great. I, um, I will admit, like my, my horror movie knowledge is everything. I, I really like horror stuff. I don't know a lot about it. I'm just fortunate that everyone else in my fan, in my uh, band, they're big horror movie buffs. Yeah. They have like the walls of Blu-rays 
all the criterion all the like yeah. special halloween deluxe edition all yeah. the like little the toy guys you know i yeah. love that shit's dope but yeah i i i owe it to them that i know about these things so yeah, cool. is is sort of like the thing like is that sort of your ideal horror environment like are there aspects of the genre that just kind of turn you off or like because you know the thing i feel like is is a very it, it's definitely a scary movie but it's also a welcoming movie i do feel like there's not a whole lot of taboo themes in there i feel like you know right true. a lot of people can enjoy that movie um as a horror movie and not feel yeah. like they're compromising their you know personal standards or whatever right and one of the things that horror does in yeah. a lot of cases is look at taboo subjects and say like what happens when we poke at this for a little bit like where do, where do we get you know what do we get um is yeah. that are, are there aspects of the genre that you sort of steer clear of for that reason or or what you know i really like i really love like practical effects in general like when they can pull it off really well you know like alien the first yeah. one is like one of my all-time favorites like incredible movie and um yeah, there, there are some, I don't know, there's like some that I maybe don't have the stomach for, like yeah. the really obscure ones, but I, I still think they're cool and I respect them. It's just like, you know, maybe not for me, but I also love just like, I love when movies can make me feel like weirded out or uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like shit's cool. I just watched that uh that Barbarian movie the other night. Dude, Zach, that have you seen Barbarian? Wild. Yeah, I have. Dude, I love that I loved it, man. Like that's the kind of shit I, that yeah. I want. It's it's not so fucking highbrow that that like anybody can't get into it. You know what I mean? Like I feel totally. like it's I feel like it's not a movie that's like super full of itself. You know, but no, at the same yeah, time, like very innovative. Like a lot of you know, it's two movies really, and that's one of the things yeah, that I think seriously. is really cool about it. If you're if you're listening right now, fucking fast forward like two minutes, skip the barbarian conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're not gonna give the spoilers away anyway, though. But like seriously, yeah. a very very cool movie. Definitely the kind of thing that I can get down on. Um, yeah, and I love when a movie won't like reveal itself in a trailer. Like yeah. you know, it's it's they. They, they pull you in and you kind of have an idea going into it, but then they're like, <laughs> actually, yeah. they kind of like flip it on its head. I just, I really appreciated that about it. Me and too. I just, had a, I just had a good time watching it. You know, it was kind of yeah. unpredictable and just like fun. Yeah. Like, I love when a horror movie can be fun. Yeah, man. Like, and and I, I feel like if you have Justin Long being a dick in your movie, it's just going to be a better <laughs> yeah. movie because that guy's so fucking totally. good at being a piece of shit. He was so good. He was, and man. Justin like, Long, was, if you're out like there, come on the show, moments. man. Definitely. What's that? Get him in here. Get there's, him like in. A, there's like a couple moments where you're like, oh, he's starting to like, yeah. he's starting to understand what he's done. And then it's like, no. Nope. Uh, it's anyway. truly 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 cool man i really really enjoyed that movie so what where else do you sort of draw inspiration you said you're a big reader um man cannot live on philosophy alone so what else are you so sort true. of read what else are you looking at what else are you into in your spare time where do you draw inspiration yeah i mean um what else i do just yeah i like movies in general um reading other stuff that isn't philosophy, you know, reading more like fun things. Yeah. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I, I like just kind of doodling bullshit and um, just like talking to people, getting to 
getting to know how other people think, you know? And I think that's a really valuable way to get a, a bigger picture of the human experience is just getting to know other people and just seeing why they are the way they are and not like being like, Oh, you, you know, I used to be like an edgy kid who wanted to fight everybody online and I would go and I would just like get into arguments for sports because that's what you, that's what we did around here. I live in like, the Midwest, you know, there's like, there's not a lot going on. There's like a lot of farmland and shit. So yeah, we just argue with people on Facebook. And I've, I've just learned that, you know, directly arguing with people is not a good way to get people to think how you think. And like, really wanting people to think how you think isn't like really a great way to start a conversation either. Sure. It's just, it's nice to just see why see where people come from and give them like the benefit of the doubt. And yeah, I don't know. I guess all, all, all that shit, my long winded babble about what I like to do. Uh, I don't think yeah. that it wasn't long winded. It's just like every new thing you say, it's just, I keep thinking to myself, what a good dude. And, and, and ah. we're very, we're very lucky that we only have good folks on this show. We haven't, right. there hasn't That's been up. a time yet at the end of the show where I've looked at Zach and said, man, what a dick. Um, but that day definitely will not be today either. This is so cool. I was thinking of um, thinking of going out on the road, right? That's going to be an excellent chance yeah. to try and meet some new people, see some new, get oh, some new ideas, sure. pick some brains. And I will. I'll pick all the brains. I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be at the bar having a beer. There you and go. If anybody wants to chat with me, please do because I love to chat. I'm a chatter. Um. <laughs> Yeah, we might even, you know, I'm from the Midwest. We might even hug. Yeah, get that. ready. <laughs> prepare big, for big the Midwestern. <laughs> prepare for Midwestern nice. It's coming, baby. Um, Honestly, I feel like that's too, just like everybody that I've met through death metal has been just like such a sweetheart. And sure. I've just been loving this experience, you know? Like, awesome. everybody I talk to here, is so just down to earth, right? Yeah, yeah. cool. And hopefully that continues to be the case. Now, you guys are about to hit the yeah. road uh, here in a few days. Um, like you said, you know, you guys have been on the road before. This is going to be kind of longer, uh, a little bit more extensive than what you've done in the past, which is so exciting. Um, is there oh, yeah. anywhere in particular that you're excited to go that you haven't been before? Or is there a place that you guys went last time that you were like super stoked to go back to this time? Like, what are you super excited about on the road? Anything in particular? Yeah, Um really love every chance we get to play Minneapolis just because it kind of feels like a second home. Like it's, it's like really big Fargo. I just, we just like know a lot of people there and there's lots of great bands there. It's awesome. So love playing there. Uh, very, very excited to play um, at St. Vitus. That's been kind of like a bucket list right. item okay. for us. Like what a legendary venue. Uh, yeah. I've watched so many bands play there on YouTube. <laughs> every time, yeah, you see the and, fucking, you know, every time I bring up YouTube, like at least two of the little preview pictures are the fucking Vitus logo with, you know, in, yeah. the, in the back. I'm just like, God damn, I love it. Such a cool it's place. So sick. Yeah, very, very excited to go there. I've never been there. And it's just, uh, yeah, that's definitely the biggest one that I'm just really looking forward to. Uh, otherwise, a lot of these places we've never been, and cool, I'm just excited to see what it's like. I'm sure it's going to be popping because, yeah, 200 and Undeath are like fucking sick, and they just 
yeah, they got a lot of riders out there. So yeah. we're hoping to steal a couple if we can, you know. I'm I'm sure. I am sure that there'll be plenty to go around for everybody. Cause I mean, who doesn't want to find a new sick band that compliments the bands that you already like, right? Hell yeah. Love that shit. My friend, we're moving towards the end of the show. And when that happens, something very important happens. Now, we have a question that we ask everybody that we have on here. There's no wrong answer. There's no right answer. But goddamn, is it an important question. So if you feel like you need to think for a second, that's okay. It's, It's so important. It's so heavy. That this is the only thing that Zach is able to do during the podcast. That's right? what I'm here for. Is really. to ask this question, Zach. I'm, un- I'm unleashed. Hit our friend Excellent. Vincent with the hammer. Vincent, my friend, we have to ask you: What is your favorite Black Sabbath album? Oh shit! Okay. Oh shit! Ooh. He was he was prepared oh. for some like philosophical. Shit. Yeah, you thought was, it was going to be. I was getting ready. <laughs> <laughs> this is philosophical shit, man. This is life right. and death shit right here. It really that is. is. That's fair. That's fair. Tell Albert I mean, Camus that. True. Uh, probably, probably volume four. It's got a special place in my heart. That's huge. I, Aaron and I, Aaron and our band, we used to work at the same coffee shop together. And we would play that record like all the time. And yeah, it's, I love that one. It's it's fucking awesome. I didn't okay. So, so I didn't I didn't know that you were gonna choose Volume Four, but I knew it was gonna be a Bill Ward record because you're a fucking drummer and you can't help yourself. Of course, I know it. Of course. But Volume Man, he knew. He knew. He, I mean, like, yeah, he he, he did. invented a genre uh, <clears throat> or <laughs> borrowed very successfully from some other places and synthesized those right. elements in a really interesting way. Um, Fun record, man. Volume four, I feel yeah. like, is the one that's like equal party vibes and doom vibes. Um, like, you know, you got St. Vitus Dance on there, which is like super fun. And then like songs about cocaine, which are both party worthy yeah. and sad. And then Under the Sun, which is like my favorite Black Sabbath song. I feel like it's one of the heaviest songs oh, no they shit. ever wrote. Cool. That closing track, dude, it's yeah, so massive. fucking good. Absolutely massive. Yeah, lots of just like fun moments on there. Yeah. It is, and it's cool. It's cool that you've got like a history with it with your boys. I, like, oh, for sure. Yeah. It's just super cool to like. Uh, to I don't know, man. Just knowing that you know, like, I had no idea that you guys had been together as long as you had. You know, throughout different bands yeah. or whatever. So like now, just thinking cool. about this unit, like with all these memories and all these experiences, continuing to bring these things into the music that they create. It's just really cool, man. It's really, it's been really awesome having you on. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it feels special. I'm happy to be here. Like, you guys are sick. You Dude, too, man. you're sick. We are talking to Vincent Tweeten from Phobophilic. Phobophilic has a new record called Enveloping Absurdity out now on Prosthetic. Definitely get that shit before yeah, yeah. you do another thing that we're going to command you to do. Go see the show. Uh, Phobophilic going to be on the road with Undeath and 200 Stab Wounds starting, I think you said November 11th. Um, I think that's, that's correct. Right. Yeah. If, 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 yep. uh, if I am wrong and you are listening to this right now, um, the internet. Find at your fingertips and you can find out um but definitely man hit the show it's gonna be a blast be awesome. um i'm hoping to get to see you guys it's been a it's been a blast Sick. talking to you man this is yeah, like man. uh I, I i end up being very fortunate in that i get to say this on this show a lot but like one of the most rewarding things about loving a band and loving their music is meeting the people behind that and finding out that they're really cool people too so thank you so much for validating uh, that for me man i appreciate it 
Hell yeah. I'm glad I didn't let you down. That's great. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for not sucking. No, but for real, man. Yes. Um, awesome. Awesome vibes. Love the record. Uh, I love you, man. This has Thank been a great so chat. Thank you so much for Dude, coming on, man. My pleasure. Much love. Hope to see y'all in the flesh someday. Absolutely. Cheers. We wish yeah, you guys man. the very, very best on your upcoming endeavors. And I know for a fact that they will fly. Thanks again, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Take care, boys. Take care. Fuck. Wow. What a good dude. Yeah, man. That was awesome. He's great. He is, man. That's a fun conversation to have. Like, I love, oh, man. I, so, like, I'm not trying to fucking harp on the philosophy shit too much. But, I like, like it. I, I well, that's cool. <clears throat> the thing is, like, a lot of that stuff is really, really difficult. Like he said, Sartre, like, that shit's fucking hard to read, man. Like, yeah. I, had, I was reading that. I had to read Heidegger for some stuff and get into It's just really fucking complicated. And, you know, you find some cool people to help you sort of understand it a little bit or help you sort of ask the questions that you need to ask in order to sort of make that idea your own or or latch onto it in some meaningful way. <clears throat> and that can be just like this really sort of exclusionary gate kept process. Sure. And so like hearing sort of like, you know, just a chill, super nice dude be like, yeah, come listen to my record and let's talk about Camus. Well, like that's just that's, that's cool to me, man. Like it makes just like philosophy, uh, phobophilic is making death metal like approachable in a way that that retains its seriousness, that that reveres sort of the power that it has, but at the same time is is, is taking that wall down and saying like, Bert, come in, you know, like come check this shit out. What can we give you, and what can you give the scene? And I think that that's just really cool. And it's unique. And like, if you don't want to listen to that shit, you don't have to look up the lyrics, and it's awesome music. You exactly, know? It's, it's man. like the best of every world. Pretend he's talking about beating somebody with hammers yeah, like that's if you if, if you, you really have a problem exactly yeah. like if that's what you want if that's what you need if that's what takes for death metal to do that shit for you just yeah. pretend it's a record about hammers are you going to go to the baltimore show you oh, bet your ass i am I'm doing my very very best to get there yes all right i'll try to make that happen that would be large because that's a fucking hell of a lineup bro Dude, it really is like that. Yeah. As I, I remember when the the other day when they announced it, I was just like, Jesus Christ, this is stacked. This yeah. is also going to be like, uh, I, I bet they're going to get a lot of turnout too. I bet yeah, people are going to really definitely. show up to the show. And I hope so, man, because obviously the headliners are, are killer bands. I'd love to see Undeath again. I'd love to see 200 Stab Wounds for the first time. Um, but like the openers on this bill, I also think are incredible. And, and hopefully like this is going to get some eyes on them and everybody wins and rising tide. What is it? Brings ships out of the dirt. Uh, fucking. Yeah. Rainbows in the dark. Everybody. Yeah, goes to that's Dia. what it, a rising tide brings rainbows in the dark. That's yeah. the old adage. Uh, everybody's grandma is. told them that when they were little and by God, if it's not true, I love you, dude. I love you, dude. You're great. Thank you for this. Thank you, homie. We're going to talk again soon. We will talk soon. Peace. Bye, sir.